0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Hey, I'm going to preach this morning, but like real short, okay, Uh, if that's okay. And if you want to, open up your Bibles to... Mark chapter one i was going I was going to talk about some other stuff this morning, and on Friday, it was just candid and I, 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 the only thing that was in my head and heart as Sunday was approaching was was really just a few things out of mark chapter one that's the reason Andrew read out of mark chapter One before we started worship and i want to read I want to read a few more verses out of mark chapter one. so if you were not in here a moment ago when Andrew read. Basically, what's happened in Mark chapter one up to this point is like Jesus has started his ministry and he goes to Peter's house and like Peter's mom-in-law is sick with a fever and Jesus heals her. And then then other people from the neighborhood come over who are sick and demon possessed and Jesus heals everyone. And then Jesus is like, we got to keep traveling, guys, because because I got to preach. And while he's out, he's kicking out more demons and then, and then other sick people come to Jesus. And then we come to verse 40. So this is all just happening in succession. This is like, like what does Jesus do? And Mark says this. It says, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. He said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and said, I'm willing, Be healed." And instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. And then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. I love this stuff. Don't tell anyone about this. Oh man, I just so love this. This is like so the opposite of everything that every miracle pastor would do, you know? Like if you're a pastor and you get a miracle, you're just like, we're Instagramming all of this. And Jesus is like, don't tell anyone. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you've been cleansed. But the man went and he spread the word everywhere, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. And he had to stay out in the secluded places. But people... From everywhere, kept coming to him. Yeah, um, here's what I want to do really quickly this morning. I want to talk to you about uh, the fact that Jesus is a healer. So I don't really want to give a technical message this morning. Uh, I just want to I just want to tell you that Jesus is a healer. Uh, you you can't really open up the Gospels in particular. You 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 probably couldn't even read two pages in the Gospel anywhere without seeing like immediately, that Jesus is just healing people everywhere he goes. You know, if you were to reduce, like, who is Jesus down to one word? Well, you know, you you might say Savior. You might say God. uh, You might say friend. uh, But if you read the Gospels for even 30 seconds, like a really good word to use would be healer. Like everywhere Jesus goes, he just, he heals people. Um, You see it on every single Page. And, and for whatever reason, uh, as, as I was just sort of sitting in the scripture this week and thinking about Sunday, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get away from, from last Sunday. I don't know if, if many of you were here last Sunday, but last Sunday we had a really amazing little moment. And it was, it was a bit on the subterranean side. It wasn't explosive in any way, but there was, there was a presence of Jesus that was in the room last Sunday that was really pr- profound. Uh, at the end of the message... Hannah and the band came back up and, and they sang one more time. Do you guys remember this? We sang Be the Center. Do you guys remember what happened in the room on Sunday? Like, it was like something just kind of got flipped. We, we just, we went into that other place. Uh, to say it another way, we, we, we like fell through the back of the wardrobe, you know, to put it in C.S. Lewis language. We slipped through the back of the wardrobe into the presence of Jesus. And I, I haven't been able to shake that moment all week long, like Like that, that feeling that, that Jesus is healer, and the feeling I had when we were singing on Sunday, wasn't just like, Oh, any old Jesus is here, but, but Jesus, the healer was here. Like, and, and, and like the Jesus, the fixer, you know, Jesus, the one who, who fills up all your desires. I was so glad that Justin sang the song that he sang this morning. By the way, uh, that song is one that Justin wrote, like shout out to Justin, but he, he ended up choosing this. He didn't know what we were talking about. I didn't know what he was going to sing. But I just love that song we sang this morning. Like, uh, the desert parts of my heart, you satisfy it. You're the deepest well. What a great, what a great word. And uh, it's a great word because Jesus is a healer. Um, and I just want to, I want to say a couple things from the scriptures this morning, particularly from, from Mark chapter 1. I've sort of uh, laid this out, but uh, I want to lay it out real quickly again, all the things that happen in Mark chapter one in succession. Uh, Number one, Jesus kicks out a a demon in the synagogue. Um, Read for that. Jesus kicks out demons at church. I love that. By the way, in the gospel of Mark, all the demons are at church. (laughs) Uh, None of them were at the bar. It's hilarious. All the demons are at church. Some of you should become more concerned. (laughs) That happened here one time. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about the love of God, and someone with a profound, oppressive spirit began to freak out. You know, that kind of stuff can happen. Uh, Then, after that, Jesus heals Peter's mother in law. Peter's mother in law. And then. Then I love the passage immediately following. It says that the whole town showed up at the doorstep and they brought everybody who was sick and oppressed with devils to Jesus and he healed everybody. And then he kicks out more demons in verse 39. Then he heals a man with leprosy. Literally everywhere he goes, Jesus is healing, setting right, putting people back together. And the first thing I guess I want to say at this point, uh, two two very important things that Mark makes abundantly clear for us in chapter one. Uh, Number one would be this, Jesus can heal anything. Jesus can heal anything, uh, fevers, uh, demonic oppression, and for demo- demonic oppression, uh, that's like a broad category in the, bi- in, the in the Bible. Uh, read for that, uh, like a few things here. N- number one, attacks from the devil, like things that happen to you that you can't even explain, and it's just like what is going on. Can I tell you something? Uh, there's not just there's not just the Holy Spirit. There's not just there's not just God's Spirit that wants to comfort. And to draw you close to you, uh, to guard, draw you close to Him, and to heal you. But there's also another. There's also another spirit that's alive in the world, and, it, and and it's opposed to you. Like the Bible makes this very clear. And I want to tell you this: I'm just medieval enough to believe this stuff. Like like it's real. And you think, well, I don't know if it's real or not. I, you just you haven't prayed for enough people. That's all I can say. Anybody who's prayed for a lot of people knows that the other part is real. So, Jesus can heal anything. He heals fevers, he heals demons. But beyond, beyond just what we might consider classic, like demonic oppression, uh, the, another way you can understand demonic oppression in the Bible would just be like people who are deeply oppressed with things like uh, depression and, and just cannot, like seasons of, seasons of failure, right? That'd be one way of understanding demonic influence. Jesus can heal anything, fevers, demonic oppression, uh, various diseases, it says in Mark, people who just had various diseases. And then my favorite story in Mark, Mark chapter one, verse 40, Jesus heals the leprosy guy. Uh, And so what is Mark telling us right up front? Jesus can heal anything. Like whatever's in the room this morning, Jesus can heal anything. Whatever you brought in this morning, whether you can name it, Whether a doctor can name it or you can't name it. Maybe it's unnameable and goes in one of these invisible categories over here to the side. Jesus can heal it. Jesus can heal anything. That's what Mark tells us. And then number two, uh, the number two thing that Jesus is showing us and that Mark is making abundantly clear about Jesus this morning uh, is that he's willing. And it's my favorite part about that story with the guy with leprosy. I love this. The guy with leprosy comes to Jesus. By the way, you're not supposed to do that. Leprosy makes you ceremonially unclean, uh, which means something like this: it means not only are you like a defiled person, but your presence makes makes the community defiled. Like there's rules about you. So if you're if you have leprosy, like you're you're not a welcome person. And so this guy begins to see something in Jesus because of all the other stuff that he's been doing: the fevers, the demons, the sickness, and and he thinks, well, here's my one chance and he comes he comes to Jesus breaking every single rule and i love what he says to Jesus he says i know you can heal me i know you can heal me but are you willing what an amazing thing and Jesus touches him even before he heals him by the way who does that only Jesus only Je- no one in the first century would have touched another person with leprosy no one would everyone would have said get out and before Jesus speaks a healing word to him, he touches the man. So the question the question in Mark chapter one, verse 40 is not, are you able? The question is, are you willing? And Jesus tells us uh, in Mark, uh, he is both able and he is willing. He is able and he's willing. And so for everybody in the room, we have all kinds of hangups about like, you know, why, why come to Jesus or what could we expect? And And so here's what I want to tell you. Whatever you brought in with you this morning, Jesus is able. And here's the other thing you need to know. He is willing. He is willing. Mark makes it abundantly clear. Put it together. Jesus is willing and able. He's not reluctant. Uh, Jesus is not overwhelmed with your life experience. Uh, Jesus is not wringing his hands. And then the second thing that I just want to say really quickly here when it comes to bringing our lives to Jesus or why we might want to do that. Uh, Mark makes this really clear as well. It, it's important to get around Jesus. It's so important. It's, it's so important to be near Jesus. I was so glad we were, we were singing that song this morning. I just want to be where you are. That's a, that's a terrific thing to sing, you know? And by the way, it's not, it's not just flowery poetic language that means nothing. I had someone once here at the vineyard come to me and say, I wish we wouldn't sing that song. It sounds like a Jesus is my boyfriend song. Yeah, it is a Jesus is my boyfriend song. And we're not going to stop singing it. We're going to sing it more because being <laughs> near to Jesus, they were, like, they were like sort of like intellectually opposed to this idea of like speaking to God like that. Well, we're, we're the vineyard. That's what we do. And here's why we want to be near Jesus. We want to be near Jesus in the heart with our affections because we know we know that where the presence of Jesus is, the power of Jesus is available. Wherever the presence of Jesus is, the power is available. And by the way, in the vineyard, we don't chase the power. We never chase the power. We chase the presence. You chase the power, you might get defiled. Chase the presence. You chase the power, you might get addicted to any sort of power. And by the way, if we've seen anything in the church in America in the last 10 years, it's that it's chase the power and not the presence. It's why American church is so addicted to political power. You can have political power and not have the presence. You get the presence, you'll get the power. And by the way, and and the power, the power that you get, it's, it's it's not earthly power. It's something... It's something that supersedes it. So here at the vineyard, we don't, chase, we don't chase power. We chase the presence. Because in the presence of Jesus is the power of God to make things right. And to make them really right. All the way down to their source. And so for this reason, it's important to be near, it's important to be near Jesus. We'll just go back through the chapter again. Jesus is at Peter's house And his mother-in-law gets healed. Why does she get healed? Because Jesus is at home. That's why. Like Jesus is in the house. That's why she gets healed. And then people come over to that house. And those folks who came over to that house, they get healed. Why? Because they came into the presence of Jesus. And then Jesus left from there to other towns because he wanted to go preach. And the Bible says that Jesus preached good news and he kicked out demons. And why did those demons get kicked out? Because they had an encounter with the presence of Jesus, and then leprosy guy comes to Jesus and he falls at his feet and he gets healed, healed forever. And the reason he gets healed is because he comes into he comes into the presence of Jesus. Like, here's what I want to tell you, church: proximity matters. It actually it actually matters. Mark chapter two. If you go and flip the page, we're not going to put it up because I forgot to tell Kate. <laughs> But I'll just tell you what happens in Mark chapter 2. The very next thing that happens in Mark chapter 2 is some guys have a friend who can't walk. And they hear about this Jesus who can do anything. And not only can he do anything, but he's willing to do anything. And they carry their lame friend. And uh, the crowd is already too big. And they can't get him into the house where Jesus is. So they go up on the roof and they tear a hole in the roof and they lower him down right in front of Jesus. And Jesus looks at the guy and says, Son, your sins are forgiven. And everybody gets offended. And at the end of the story, the guy gets up and walks. And you think, well, well, how did that happen? How did that happen? Uh, It's just proximity again. Like the presence of Jesus is what matters. You want to get into the presence of Jesus. Uh, This is like why it's kind of important to come to church. It's why it's important to be here. Why? Because when we're here, Jesus promised that if a couple of us would get together in his name, uh, if we would get together in his name, that he would always be here with us as well. And he's here, you know, he's here. And are we perfect? Jesus didn't say, I will be in your midst if you, if you, if you act good. <laughs> you know, I will be in your midst if you get your act together. I'll be in your midst if everybody here doesn't sin too much. I'll be here in your midst if nobody looks at pornography. I'll be here in your midst if everybody pays their taxes and takes their neighbor's tools back. <laughs> He doesn't say any of that, you know. He doesn't say any of that. And here's what I know. Here's what I know about a room this size. Uh, Some of you haven't taken your neighbor's tools back this week. You did look at pornography this week. You haven't paid your taxes, and we've all said a cuss word or two this week. If you dropped the groceries, I know you did. And here's the good news: because there's several of us in this room, Jesus is here, and He can do something about our lives. Proximity matters proximity, is really important. Also, did you notice in our passages this morning how much of what Jesus was doing was actually in public? Every single person who got healed in the gospel of Mark that we've read about so far, it was all in public. I think that's really something. Uh, Number one, uh, in the ancient world, people just had different priorities with respect to public and private than we do. Um, There were a lot of People there because Jesus was healing people, so a crowd came. Like you know, it's just it's to be expected. But but that's also a that's also a gospel of Mark way of saying that Jesus forms community. Like Jesus is at the center of community, and he draws people to himself. Uh, this is also why we don't have to advertise or sell. Uh, we don't ever have to advertise or sell. Like like the thing we never want to get good at here at the Vineyard is marketing. I don't want to market anything. I don't want to market anything. Uh, why? Because if Jesus is at the center of our community, He draws people, He draws people to himself. All we have to do at church is we just have to make room for Jesus. Like that, That's it. Like We just have to keep making room for Jesus. And then maybe another thing about this public deal. Uh, part of the reason that Jesus does so much in public is because his words and works were a message, and, and the message is something like this. That he's come to make the world right. Not just a, not just a sick person or a broken individual, but he's come to do to the world what he's doing to people. You know, uh, how many of you realize that our world is like currently really broken? How many of you have been on Twitter in the last three days? It's a dumpster fire. Can I tell you something? Jesus wants to heal it all. Jesus wants to heal it all. It's the reason that he does so much in public because what he is saying is, my words and my works, it's not just for one person, it's for the world. He's come to fix everything that's broken. Whether it's people or bodies or, or society, he's come to make it right. The kingdom of God is not about individual piety that's not connected to flourishing in the wider community. That's just not what it is. But proximity isn't the only thing. And it's not just about space. One of the things that Mark makes really clear is it's it's about the proximity of the heart. Here's what I mean by that: it's possible to be near Jesus but stay distant. Uh, read for that. You can come to church uh, 175 times in a row and, and keep your heart distant from Jesus. Uh, in fact, we see that in the Gospels, don't we? When I'm when I'm talking about the power of proximity, yeah, it's good. It's good to be here. It's good to be in Christian community, but it's better to have an open heart towards Jesus because because one of the things that that the gospel shares with us is that that Judas followed Jesus around for three and a half years and heard all the sermons and saw all the miracles. And he was, he was close to Jesus. Judas probably even did miracles, but he kept his heart far from Jesus. And in the end, he sold not Jesus' life away, but he sold his own life away for 30 pieces of silver. And so there's something, there's something more there. So as we gather, as the church, like, you know, we're coming into the presence of Jesus. It's really important that we become people who are, who are finding ways to keep our hearts open toward God. It's the proximity of the heart. Sometimes it's possible to come to church, but carry all the same stuff out with us that we carried in, even though Jesus the healer is among us. Uh, It's possible to sort of hang back. And and some of the reasons we hang back are are things like this. Well, we just don't want to make a scene, or we don't want to be the center of the attention, or, or we're afraid of, we're just, maybe we're just afraid of giving God that access of our life or, or, or we're afraid that God will want to embarrass us in order to bless us. You know, uh, this is the thing that I've encountered in people so many times. People are, are really sure that God wants to like shame you in order to bless you. You know, that he would, in order to like do the thing that you really need in your life, that he would want to like bring you up front, make you look like an idiot. And then he'd bless you. God is not that kind of person, you know, Uh, Like the devil would want to shame you, but God has no interest in shaming anyone. Uh, We can let go of that little mind game. Uh, Here's the other thing that's possible. It's also possible to live with something so long that it just becomes a part of us. Uh, I was out, I was out, I was out weed eating the fence row this week. That's fun. It was 187 degrees. (laughs) The only redeeming part of it is that my son was there suffering with me. That was it. <laughs> it was like the weed eaters wouldn 't work. we had gas all over us. you know it was just one of the we were, it was farming but we're out weeding the fence rows and, and, and i and I saw something that just makes perfect sense of everything i 'm talking about. Uh, how many of you have ever how many of you' have ever been out in a fence row and, and you saw maybe where the farmer he's put up his post and there 's a tree there in the fence row, and the farmer just takes the takes the barbed wire and he goes around the tree and keeps going what eventually happens to that tree tree will grow the tree will go grow right over the barbed wire have you ever seen this it will grow right over the barbed wire and and within a year or two you won't even see the barbed wire there will you yeah but within 5 years what ends up happening the barbed wire kills the tree so the tree closes around it and and what am, I, what am I trying to say? Well, like some of us some of us have just brought things to church with us. And, and, and sometimes we don't, we don't open up our heart to Jesus the healer because we've lived with something so long that it's just become a part of us. It's a short-term strategy that will work. It's a long-term strategy that will not work. You know, and one of the things that I think God wants to do is he wants to remove the barbed wire that's girdling us, that's choking us. Um, Some of us here have held on to all kinds of stuff, addiction, uh, broken relationships, physical hurt, psychological harm. And and one of the things I want to say is it's time to let Jesus remove everything that's constricting you from your life. Uh, One more thing, and then we're going to pray. Um, Both end. Uh, Now, here here at the Vineyard, we believe in prayer. But I also want to say this. We also believe in doctors and counselors and professionals. And believing in doctors and counselors and professionals doesn't remove anything from Jesus the healer. So here's here's basically what we believe when it comes to uh, the works of the kingdom. If you were sick enough to go to the doctor, you're sick enough to let somebody in the room pray for you. Like someone should know. Uh, Paul says that if one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. Paul Paul says in his letters, Bear one another's burdens, you know. Like this is part of what it is, but it's both ends. So encountering the Jesus, the healer, like it might happen here on Sunday morning, or or it may happen at a doctor's office or at a counselor's office, and those things are not disconnected from one another because here at the Vineyard we actually believe in the incarnation, which is which is basically this: we believe that Jesus is God. In human flesh. And like we said a few, a few weeks ago, matter matters. And so there's not this division between, uh, how the healing comes or where it comes from. We believe that God is working through all kinds of ways to bring us into wholeness. They go together. Actually. Uh, if, if you, if you need to go to the doctor, you should go to the doctor and you should get prayer. Because the body wants to bear burdens with you. And if you get prayer, uh, some of us, some of us in the room, if you've gotten prayer 15 times in a row and nothing's happened, you might want to get some professional help. And that's not the opposite either. It's actually, it's the right hand helping the left hand. These things are not opposed to one another. Uh, Sometimes the healing that Jesus brings us is immediate, but sometimes the healing that Jesus brings us is the courage to take another step, like going to therapy, you know? Like maybe what you need is you need to come forward. You need to let someone pray for you. And, and maybe what's going to happen this morning is that everything's going to get set right. Or maybe what's going to happen is you're going to get some prayer and you're going to actually get the courage to go to actual therapy and to actually tell the truth and let someone who knows how to pull complicated knots apart, help you see your life for what it really, really is. And can I tell you something? No one can see their life on their own. You need someone else in the room with you. At some point, you will need someone else in the room with you. And getting in the room with someone else who can help you untie a knot. Can I tell you something? That is Jesus the healer sitting with you. He's always the other guy in the room, you know? And if you have to go to a doctor and they need to like fix your shoulder, he's always the other guy in the room. So uh, it may be the courage to take another step. Uh, sometimes, sometimes Jesus the healer is here giving us grace to extend forgiveness and restoration. Like some of us have actually cut people off in our lives and they live in this town. And can I tell you something? You cannot cut people off in Campbellsville without eventually meeting them at Walmart. (laughs) And sometimes, sometimes the healing that Jesus wants to bring is he wants to restore relationships that we've just like, we've just cut off, you know? He, he wants to do that kind of thing. Sometimes healing is coming to Jesus without hiding any part of ourselves. Uh, some of us have have big, big parts of ourselves that we've, like we've literally never told anyone about, and we think we think that we can live like free and healthy like that. You can't. You cannot, man. Uh, Jack Deere said this many years ago. He said anything you can't talk about owns you. It's so true. It's so true. And so sometimes coming into the proximity or the presence and the power of Jesus is no longer hiding any part of me. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's just coming to Jesus with who we really are. Jesus said that he was a physician who came for the sick. You know, he said he, said he is a physician who came for the sick. Well, here's what that means. It, means. it means that Jesus has something for you if you know you're unwell. If you think you're okay, Jesus has nothing for you. If you know you're not okay, he's got everything for you. Sometimes we have to come to him and admit that we need what he has. So here's what we have today. Uh, I think Jesus the healer wants to do the things that only he can do. And here's some of the things that I think that Jesus might want to touch today. Uh, He he may want to touch broken bodies. Broken bodies, bodies in the room, that are just not working. Like in the last six months, I know people here at this church who have been healed, like actually healed. Livers, brain tumors, like like the real stuff here in this room, Jesus has been working on, you know, bodies. Number two, addiction. Jesus wants to touch addiction. Uh, American culture is an addicted culture. We will do anything to avoid the realities of life, you know, and it goes far beyond just drugs and alcohol. Like that's the, that's like, That's like the garden variety stuff, you know? It's the other stuff that we get addicted to that we sometimes think are okay, that's really keeping us chained. And Jesus wants to touch addiction. Uh, Jesus wants to heal heal our past. Some of us are haunted by our past. We just like, maybe we were not great people. And because of that, uh, we were not actually stepping forward into the things that Jesus is actually inviting us into. We feel like, pre-disqualified. I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago who, who is struggling. Like they, they feel a call to ministry, but their, but their previous life was such a wreck. They feel so much shame around their previous life that they have a hard time stepping into ministry. I just want to tell you, Jesus wants to speak to that. He wants to speak to that. Jesus says, whom the son sets free is free indeed. All the past, all the past. Like, like the Bible says that God forgives sins Like as far as the East is from the West, he's just, he's done away with it. He's done away with it. Uh, Relationships. Some of us have relationships that are jacked and maybe it's our marriage. You know, maybe you had 18 good years and the last four have been living hell. Jesus wants to touch it. We have to bring this to him. And by the way, denying that we have a bad relationship, never, ever, ever fixes it. It just makes it worse. It just makes it worse. Uh, Or or our families. These are some of the things that Jesus wants to touch today. Jesus is a healer. You can't read it anywhere in the Bible without seeing it over, over, and over again. Every single page in the Gospels, Jesus is a healer. So if you're on the worship band this morning, come on up. Uh, And if you're in the room this morning, why don't you stand? Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.